Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and we have once again as our co-host, Rhonda Marshall. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. (laughs) Well, we have another great um, show planned for you. In Homeschool News this week, we'll tell you about the wonderful team that leads North Carolinians for Home Education and how we've just started a new year for the board and liaisons. And in Homeschool Conversations, we'll listen to two more segments of a conversation that Matthew had with Andrew Pudua, the founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And finally, our Homeschool Tip of the Week. We actually have two again this week. Um, Two tips for you. So we'll discuss some ideas for teaching your children how to write. And also we'll talk about the importance of teaching your children how to memorize scripture. That's great. And so uh, as she mentioned, as we go into Homeschool News... Uh, we just began, as of the conference uh, at the end of May, a new year uh, for the board and liaisons of North Carolinians for Home Education. And as the, of course, creators of this show, um, we do think it's worthy news to let you know who is working so hard in North Carolina to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. And we do that in three ways. We protect your right to homeschool in North Carolina. Uh, We equip you with information and encouragement that you need, and we connect you with other groups and families across the state. We have an amazing team of people, and I want to introduce you a little bit to them uh, just by telling you about who they are, and um, I hope you'll to uh, be just be grateful, but also be praying for us and for Mm -hmm. our team in these names um, as we work this year in the same way. So as I've already. introduced myself many times. Um, I also serve as full-time executive director and president of the board. Um, And then we have Rhonda, who's our community relations director, besides amazing co-host. And she mainly works with the regional liaisons and helps Mm -hmm. them uh, do their work. They're the main connecting portion of our our mission. Uh, We have as our treasurer, Barry Bickley. Um, his wife, Evelyn, is our activities director. She's the one who plans all of the amazing field trips that we have every year. And she also helps with the North Carolinians for Home Education Athletic Commission. Mm-hmm. So we have our secretary, Jessica Frierson, um, and she also right now is heading up our blog. So all mm-hmm. of the amazing things that are happening in our blog uh, come from Jessica. Uh, we have as our development director, Diane Helfrich, um, our media director and events director is Debbie Mason, which means that she's the one who plans the conference every year with the conference committee, which Mm -hmm. is amazing, and other events. She's also our greenhouse editor, and she's also the one who manages Facebook and sends out our weekly email. So Debbie's Mm -hmm. busy, and she does an amazing job. Uh, Our law and policy director is Debbie's husband, Spencer Mason. Uh, He's also our full-time office manager. We have a brand new IT director. We're very uh, grateful for that. Richard Lowry's joining the team. We have a homeschool helps director, Amanda Wares. We have a marketing director who also helps with memberships, uh, with membership, and that's Briggs Greenwood. She also plans our graduation yes, every year. That's so nice. And now I want to just tell you about our regional uh, liaisons. Uh, region one is Jerry Neal. Region two is Melanie Willis. Region three is Karen Helm. Region four is Anita Hudson. Region five is Vicki Gerganis. Region six is Jennifer Smith. Seven, April Briley. Eight, Amy Davis. Nine, Aaron Mace. 
And you can go to the nchg.com slash community slash groups and see a map of North Carolina and all the different regions and click on your county and find out who your liaison is so that you can reach out to them. We also have two amazing multicultural liaisons, uh, Luz Velasquez and TSNS Mac. And you can go uh, again to nchg.com slash organization and see everyone's names. Uh, and that way that can be your prayer list and all of their email addresses so that you can get in touch with them. That's awesome. I'm so grateful for the whole team. Oh, so grateful for them. And did you know that you can get the recordings from this wonderful Thrive Conference that Debbie and her conference team planned? You can get all of them, the keynote sessions and the workshops for the entire conference. You can go to nche.com 2022-conference-recordings or probably easier, go to nche.com and then just scroll down until you see the button for the 2022 Thrive Recordings. These audio recordings um, in, in MP3 format are available for only $5 and you can get all 90, what was it? 91, 91 yeah. <laughs> all of them for $160 plus tax. So quite a steal. And we'll also have all of the links that we've mentioned in the show notes uh, for the, uh, in each of the platforms that you may be able to see this. So we're going to go into our homeschool conversations. And once again, like last week, we're going to continue a couple more segments of a conversation I had with Andrew Pudua, who is the uh, founder of Institute for Excellence in Writing. And we're going to hear him talk about uh, the process of writing so that we can learn how to teach it. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for students who have enough in their mind? that they're itching to get out, that they're yeah. really frustrated with the process of, yes. you keep telling me what to say, can I not just write something? Well, yeah, there's two things to say about that. One is, um, a lot of times kids are frustrated because they think so much faster than they can write. So they can think of the story and talk it to you and just go on and on and on. And you say, great, write it down. They're dead in the water because <laughs> they can't slow down their brain. Um, this is more typical of boys who are really imaginative and they, 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 they can just go wild with content, but when you say write it down, they can't, they can't slow mm-hmm. that down. So this is training them to break that into pieces. The other thing, you know, a lot of people ask, well, you know, use these models and checklists. It seems kind of formulaic. Doesn't that stifle creativity? And I point out, well, writing is an art like art, uh, drawing, painting. Uh, It's like music. It's like sports. You have to do certain things Mm -hmm. in a very structured way in order to gain the basic skills to be creative in that sport. So, you know, if we taught music the way we've taught writing in this country for the last 50 years, it would kind of go like this. (laughs) Yeah, come on in, I'll teach you how to play the piano. You know, I'll teach all the names of the notes, and there's these pedals, you can experiment with that, and just kind of, what you need to do is just explore the piano. Just go home and fool around for 20, 30 minutes a day for the next five years, and you'll <laughs> learn to play the piano. Well, I mean, it's, it's true you would learn something, but what do we do? What do we know works better? Play this piece, play it in this way, imitate me precisely, build up a repertoire, And now, after doing that for several years, now let's talk about things like the creative elements 
interpretation, improvisation, composition. But creativity never exists unless quality creativity does not exist without a foundation of basic skills. And that's true whether you learn to paint or draw buildings or do gymnastics or write stories or poems mm -hmm. or essays. So that, that would be my, you know, my trying to reach out to that child and say, I know you want to do whatever you want to do, but I also know some things that if you will conform and practice this, it will make you even better. My goal isn't to produce good writing. My goal is to nurture better writers. All right, so um, writing is a difficult process. Um, some people are better at it. Some people are not so good at it. But what's worse is having to teach it. Yes, <laughs> I think you might have a point there. So let's talk about how, how can we teach well and, and what are some tips that we have for teaching writing? Yeah, and this is, I must say, one area that I have felt very inept in. In fact, like last week in one of the segments that we watched, Andrew talked about how most parents, many parents, mm -hmm. feel inept in this sure. subject area. Right. Um, and I didn't really remember a systematic way to teach it. So um, I always did well in writing, but it's probably because somebody, like you said last week too, that somebody was reading to me or I right. was well read. Yeah. So, um, but I did what a lot of parents are tempted to do when they fill an up to this subject mm -hmm. by all the curriculum for the subject, okay. like multiple kinds of curriculum. Think a whole shelf right. of writing curriculum at the Marshall House. Um, but one of the best investments I made was in the Institute for Excellence in Writing's okay. package. And it has a section um, of... Um, I'm sure it's now MP3s, but I had DVDs of teaching writing structure and style. And in that, mm -hmm. it actually instructs you as a parent how to teach writing and then also how to grade your children's writing. Because okay. that's another mm -hmm. part of a writing process that we feel yeah. really inept at. Um, and in, to get accountability to make myself go through this training that I purchased and spent the money on, I gathered a small circle of friends and we met weekly in the summer to just go through that that's and hold each idea. other accountable. They just had to purchase their own book so it was kind of a so a, you were teaching writing through the summer or you guys were just preparing we were together. preparing as parents to learn how do we could best teach our kids good idea um and then after even i mean i felt so equipped that even after that i went on to teach or facilitate more accurately a writing class in our co-op for nice. high schoolers but it was using andrew's teaching okay and then I was just helping facilitate it. So I, I just can't go on enough about how good these courses are. Um, I actually consider it some of the best money I spent on curriculum over wow. our 26 years. Okay. Um, but he talks about having the difficulty of a child having e ideas in their mind and then trying to write them out. He talked about that last year. Mm -hmm. Hold those ideas and then write them out. And... Um, one thing that we did was when our children were younger, we would let them dictate. Can you be my? Yeah. Hold that. So we would let them dictate things, um, and we would write it out, and then they could illustrate it. So there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole thing, but you don't have to look at all of it. My kids are probably <laughs> like, amazing no, like, I pulled these out of the archives. <laughs> the archives are the marshals. Um, 
but I, we did this even with board books. You can get these oftentimes at mm-hmm. some oh, of the, yes. at like Miller's Pads and That's Papers. Right. We would get we those these. and they would make stories in them and write and illustrate. Nice. I had one, I have one daughter that's like an artist. Right. But are they even did it on the computer once they learned to type and just made little mm-hmm. books. So anyway, your kids don't have to always write everything down. Sometimes once they learn to type, they can do that. But then also when they're younger and it is hard for them to have the mechanics to write they can still have the story you can help facilitate that and help them feel like writers by giving them um writing writing it down for them Mm -hmm. um and also make sure that you're not judging them and they know that that you're not judging them on their spelling or grammar because some kids get hung up because they're trying so hard to do all of that correctly you can say just get it down we'll go back and fix that let me add something real quick uh Things that I've written as an adult, I've realized how what a huge difference it is when I'm creating and when I'm editing. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, they're very different portions. And so if I focus on creating, I can do it very fast. If I'm trying to create and, and edit, edit at the same, same time, time, it's very, very difficult. Daunting. Which is just like yes. what you were saying. Yeah, just so let them create and then we'll fix yeah, it later. Yeah, we'll fix it later. And ha- take that pressure off. Mom's going to look at my spelling. Right. Um, and begin where they are. You know, when kids are first learning to write, they need to learn how to write a sentence with a subject and a verb. And then how do you make it more interesting? You add adjectives and adverbs. So you're actually reinforcing grammar concepts while you're writing. Mm-hmm. But start with small. It's one upon one, you know, mm-hmm. paragraph, topic sentence, then move to paragraphs. Everything, And then everything has to be about that topic sentence in the paragraph. And then on to longer five paragraph papers with an intro paragraph introducing your three points, then those three points, and then your conclusion. I didn't know all that. I I could do that in high school, but I didn't know that until I watched his. It it was so clear because it's so systematic. Um, And then let them write about topics that interest them. Mm, For sure. If you're using a curriculum that has like a certain topic, you can always change it. You can still teach the mechanics of writing, but using that. And, and follow your child's lead. Some may be more natural writers and some may require more work. Um, but enjoy the journey of writing with your kids, whatever the level is, and don't rush them or expect them to be on a certain level. Mm-hmm. Just work with them where they are and have real, realistic goals and expectations. And make it as fun as possible. Don't make it a drudgery. We mm-hmm. have to have a positive attitude, too. So if my, I'm dreading teaching writing, right. they're going to dread it, too. We even had a game that taught writing. So you can look for things like that that can help you with that. But my favorite curriculums by far for writing were IEW and also Write Shop because they provide good instructions for teachers and checklists for parents to help you along the way. So those are just a few tips. Also, there's a couple of workshops from our conference by Cheryl Carter that you could get the MP3s, writing across the curriculum, the approach that works, and inspiring the writer in your child. So if you want to get those MP3s, that'll help you in your journey. Right. And right now, uh, if you're a member of NCHE, you have the opportunity to view two live uh, writing classes That's with so Andrew uh, Pudua online uh, on July 23rd. So that's coming up. Um, you have to be a member of NCHE to be able to have access to this class. And so if you're not a member, you can go to nche.com join. And when you get your confirmation email, we'll give you a link uh, to that sign-up uh, location, and you'll be able to sign up. If you're already a member, uh, you will receive an email from Briggs G- Greenwood this month with a link to how to do that. 
And so again, nchg.com slash join, and you will be able to go to these uh, two live classes. One of them is introductory writing, and one of them is advanced writing. And what's important is that if, if even if you already are a part of IEW, this will be fun to watch. Oh, definitely. But if you're interested in it and you need some writing solutions and you're not sure what to do, this is a free chance to see how it's done. You should definitely avail yourself of this chance because he's an excellent teacher, as you can see in our right. conversations, and you will enjoy it for sure. So now we're going to listen to another portion of your conversation with Andrew about the power of memorizing. So the other part of this, though, that I, I do like to mention, in terms of building fluency with reliably correct and sophisticated English vocabulary and syntax, is memorization. This is something that has really been just thrown out of public mm -hmm. modern progressive education. Uh, it's Deweyism taken to an extreme. Dewey's idea about rote learning was that at best it's a waste of time and at worst it stifles creativity. So don't make children memorize. Education needs to be all about discovery and experience and, and insight. And, and there's a lot of truth to that, but you can't go to the opposite extreme and say memorizing is a waste of time because one thing we know, young children are wired from memorization. If you don't give them good and beautiful things to memorize, like poetry and scripture, they'll memorize the garbage they hear on the radio or the TV. Um, the second thing is that we know that all throughout all of history, memorized language has been the foundation for rhetorical training. So, you know, even in the ancient school, if you wanted to study rhetoric, the first thing you would do is memorize huge chunks of the best stuff that other people said mm -hmm. and wrote before that. Uh, the third thing that I have personally seen is that when children memorize, even short kind of amusing, super child-friendly poems, that pattern becomes now a tool that they can use when they want to say or write something. A uh, good example, uh, there's a poem called The Ingenious Little Old Man. And it's a funny little poem, and uh, it's short, and a seven-year-old could memorize this. Uh, so there's this one little boy, he'd memorize this poem, and then next time he wrote a story, he used the word ingenious, which you know, is not on the normal vocabulary expectation for a seven-year-old. I mean, some homeschooling seven-year-olds. Um, but, but why was that word accessible to him? Because he had embedded it in his active memory, mm -hmm. his active vocabulary. If you, um, if you go way back into the 1700s, even before, and certainly up until the late 1800s, children were expected to memorize huge chunks of scripture and poetry mm -hmm. and famous speeches. In fact, one of my most favorite examples of the power of this is Frederick Douglass. So you know Frederick Douglass, born into slavery, separated from his parents at a young age, uh, forced to do hard labor. It was illegal to teach uh, an enslaved person to, to do, read or know, do anything. 
Um, I, I think you would agree that next to being locked in a closet, it was possibly the worst possible educational environment that anyone could experience. Until he was 12 years old, at which point um, someone tried to start teaching him to read. However, 10 years after that, he, he was becoming, and I would argue did become, the greatest orator this country has ever produced. Really? You might argue that, okay, Patrick Henry was, you know, a notch above. That's arguable. But certainly from his time forward, mm. I mean, if you read his speech, which is usually entitled, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July? Mm -hmm. It will blow your mind. And the fluid use of um, scripture, the fluid use of of the great ideas, the magnificent structuring of his sentences and the flow of language and the, the schemes and tropes of rhetoric. It, so it, it kind of raises the question, how did this person yeah. with such horrible <laughs> education become the greatest orator mm -hmm. that we know of? So someone asked him, Mr. Douglas, how did you become such a powerful speaker? And he said, well, as a free man, one of the first books I owned was the Columbian Orator. Now, this is a small book. You can you can actually still buy it today. It was published in, if I recall, 1794, I think. So post-revolution, but late period. And it was a collection of, of many of the most famous speeches that had ever been hmm. given, all the way back to Cicero, and um, Augustine and Luther and some Shakespeare and Patrick Henry was in there, I think. And he said, you know, I committed them all to memory. <laughs> I mean, he basically memorized a book of speeches. But what did that do? It stocked, yeah. it's, it furnished his mind, mm. I think is the correct expression. It furnished his mind with not just the vocabulary, not just the grammatical structures, not just the, the beauty of language with the rhetorical devices that liven it, but with the very fabric of ideas of truth and mm -hmm. justice and right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just fear that we, we, as a culture, we've completely lost any discipline. Uh, it's really only Christians and to some degree Orthodox Jews, practicing Orthodox Jews, who have much of a tradition of memorizing anything. You know, when I talk to Andrew um, Pudua and I get to hear his uh, other workshops and things, and, and not just him, but um, other workshops and, and things that I've heard, for example, at the conference, mm -hmm. it's really inspiring to remember the importance of great literature. Yes. The importance of the ability to write well. Mm -hmm. And it really is sad where we are today. When we look mm -hmm. at the culture, mm -hmm. we look at how much people read what they read, how right. much they read. Right. Uh, we look at the ability to write. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you add in memorization, we're really in not a very great <laughs> spot. Uh, people have a hard time memorizing very much, they you do. know? And so I, I think it's a matter of realizing what we're capable of mm -hmm. and how important it is to remember the great ideas of history um, and the theology and the, uh, all of the things that have already been written. 
Uh, one of the things, and, and I just want to take a brief moment to discuss uh, as a tip of the week, is to emphasize memorizing Scripture in your home. You know, you talked about how memorize, memory and memorizing things really isn't a normal part of, of school these days. Um, and w- one of the, if you're going to take the time to memorize something, it might as well be the Bible. What better? You know? Yeah, that's right. And as uh, from a Christian perspective, there's nothing more important than the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it tells us, as we see in Psalm 19, that you know the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. It's trustworthy, making wise the simple. Mm-hmm. It's right, giving joy to the heart. I mean, it, it's so powerful in our mm-hmm. lives. And so to memorize it gives you the ability then to speak it, share it, think about it, and process it. So I would really encourage you to allow Scripture memory memory to be a part of your curriculum or a part of your discipleship plan or something. And the only thing I just want to add in specifically is that um, the hardest part isn't memorizing it. The hardest part is remembering it later. Mm-hmm. So I just really want to emphasize reviewing once you memorize something, put it on a chart and go back every week or month and review what you've memorized so oh, you don't a, forget it. That's a good idea. Uh, that's what I've done. My mom taught me how to memorize. It was a very running big thing. Running around the lake. Yep. I remember, remember a story that story about running around <laughs> the pond. And so um, create a chart of the things you've memorized. Go back and, and review them so you don't lose them. That's a very important uh, point. So that's a great thing to add into to your memorization. And most importantly, teach them why it's important mm. and to know the Word of God and especially to know and love God. Well, we appreciate, again, you joining us uh, for the show today. We'd love to hear from you. If you uh, want to give us any feedback or add any questions that you'd like us to talk about, any topics, you can go to, uh, you can send us an email at the homeschool show at nchu.com. You can also go to our page, uh, nchu.com slash the homeschool show and find out about how to uh, submit your um, homeschool reality moment. We, we need, need those, We please. need some more videos. Yes. We'd love to have that. Um, please share this uh, show, whether it's on News Talk WSIC at 8.30 in the morning or uh, you know Facebook podcast, wherever you might be able to share that. Uh, We would love to uh, have more people hear about this um, and join us because our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. And that's what we hope you'll be doing until we see you next week.